If we could talk to the animals, just imagine it. Chatting with a chimp in chimpanzee. Imagine talking to a tiger, chatting with a cheetah. What a neat achievement it would be if we could talk to the animals, learn the languages, maybe take an animal degree. We'd study elephant and eagle, buffalo and beagle, alligator, guinea pig and flea. We would converse in polar bear and python, and we would curse in fluent kangaroo. If people asked us, can you speak rhinoceros? We'd say, of course, can't you? If we conferred with our furry friends, man to animal, think of all the things we could discuss. If we could walk with the animals, talk with the animals, grunt and squeak and squawk with the animals, and they could talk to us. We consulted with quadrupeds. Think what fun we had asking over crocodiles for tea. Or maybe lunch with two or three lions, walruses and sea lions. What a lovely place the world would be. If we spoke slang to orangutans, the advantages any fool on earth could plainly see. Discussing Eastern art and dramas with intellectual llamas. That's a big step forward. We'd learn to speak in antelope and turtle. Our Pekingese would be extremely good. If we were asked to sing in hippopotamus, we'd say why not And woo! And we are sure every octopus, place and platypus, certainly would see it as a plus. If we could walk with the animals, talk with the animals, grunt, squeak, squawk with the animals, and they could talk to us. We'd study every living creature's language so we could speak to all of them on sight. If friends said, can you speak in crab or pelican, we'd say like hell we can. And we'd be Could walk with the animals, talk with the animals, grunt and squeak and squawk with the animals, and they could squeak and squawk and speak and talk. 
Happy Friday. It's time for the Richard Skipper Friday Wrap-Up Show. Who and what are you celebrating today? Richard Skipper believes every day is worth celebrating. But today, we wrap up the week with a dose of positivity. You never know who might show up or what might happen. So get ready. Your skipper is now coming on board and we are ready to set sail. All aboard. All aboard. Here I am. I, I was trying to upload our next video uh, because it's a little large, uh, but I'm going to get it on here. Welcome, everybody. Happy Friday. Mercury is in retrograde. So that's why I was having a little confusion there. Uh, it's the end of the month, and we are going to be celebrating today on a very high. As you know, on our Friday wrap-up show, we normally wrap up on Friday afternoons at five o'clock. Today, we're doing something a little different. We're doing a coffee clutch show. Uh, coffee clutch uh, is when a group of people get together and we just uh, talk about whatever is on our mind. But today we're talking about art. We're talking about music. And we have four incredible artists who are joining me today who all have projects that they're working on. Uh, and the pandemic never slowed them down. Uh, I'm going to bear with me for just a moment. I'm going to bring this file up here because our first guest, um, I got to know uh, because of a book club uh, that I have been leading uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, she was part of the, pen, uh, the book club uh, for quite some time, and she unfortunately left us uh, because she is busy. She's traveling. She's performing. Uh, she's a phenomenal jazz entertainer, as you are about to see. And she is about to hit the boards once again and with that on the other side, but I'll give you a glimpse of what she is all about. Everyone, here she is, my dear friend. I'm so proud she's in my life, Maria Cursaro. Here she is. Hopefully. Better believe that it's a time for walking, no time for talking. Grab the walking shoes, the hang in your closet, and go out for a walk in the Goes the meanest. Get the walking shoes that hang in your closet and go out for a walk in the air. See the sun, I'll be there. Just fly. When you feel like you start to cry, just get out, get under the sky, all blue, and you will find it's true. You were able to do anything that you ever could want to do, so don't be gloomy. Just listen to me, bask in the glow of days that know no blues. You can't lose if you only use your walking shoes.
Be gloomy, just listen to me Bask in the glow of days that know no blues You can't lose if you only use your walking shoes Hello, Maria. I am so glad you're back. Yeah, me too. You are one of the busiest people I know. Oh, dear. (laughs) Now, I want to let everybody know that you are back with a brand new show. You're going to be performing in, uh, well, it says My Kisco. Mount Kisco, yeah. There's this jazz, really intimate, lovely jazz club in Mount Kisco, Upper Westchester. Uh, and I'm doing two sets, uh, one at 7 and one at 9 p.m. on um, June 17th. Now, this all of a sudden, you know, you are, if you don't mind my saying so, um, are, you know, the other day I was talking to someone about this and they were talking about the term late bloomer. And yeah. they said, you know, late bloomer, you know, is a misnomer because you've been doing this all along. It's just that all of a sudden everyone is catching up with you. So, uh, but do you consider yourself a late bloomer? Well, it's a new chapter, actually. That's mm-hmm. how I see it, because I had a career doing something totally different. I mean, I started out in theater and uh, in performing, and then I went, you know, I can't pay the rent. You know, I'd, I'd like to have a little bit of control over my life. So I did something else for like 30 years, and uh, I just started singing one day and thought, Oh my God! I just love this music. I've gotta, I've gotta do something with it. I, I really want to move in this direction, and that's what I did. You know, so it's um really a very joyful time for me to be uh, connected to this music and um to be able to perform it. I'm thrilled. Now a lot of people think about it, but very few people take that first step. Yeah. What was the first step for you? Um, it was actually just dipping my toe into getting back to singing again. And that was in, um, that was actually in Norwalk at, uh, Unity Center for Practical Spirituality, uh, with Kenneth Gartman as the choir director. And I did workshops and then I did a, a cabaret show. And then I, and then I, um, I found my lane and my lane is jazz. And when I found my lane, it just felt so right and I knew it was so right and it was music that I had listened to many decades ago I was part of that world um and so it was in me somewhere you know and it and it and I felt like wow this is I'm really connecting to my soul you know my heart's desire so it sort of was a little process to getting me in this lane but now that I'm in the lane boy you can't get me out of it. Well, you know me. I always say stay in your lane, keep your blinders yeah. on. But yeah. uh, being in your lane doesn't mean that you stay in your lane alone because it's all about collaboration. And you have your team of people that work with you. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your team and what that means to you. My team is precious to me. And I really feel like who's ever out there listening, um, when you find the right people and you know it's right stick with them you know a lot of people just go everywhere in which way and 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 i get that because you want to learn from a lot of people but my team um is uh my musical director gregory turayan um and his trios skip ward on bass uh david silliman on drums i mean i just love this trio so much and we just had a 
rehearsal yesterday and just two hours of, of joy, you know, just playing this music. So, you know, learning the music, learning the lyrics, and then um, Sumatsuki has been so, um, so important to me in so many ways. And just, I learned so much from her for, about the business and about just um, putting yourself out there and watching her perform. And, and then there's David Friedman, who I work with on um, connecting with a story. You know, what is your circumstance? And he and I, it's just, it's a great, great working experience, just um, uh, taking the music and the lyrics and then moving it to a place that is special and unique uh, and a focus. So yeah, those, that's, that's kind of, that's my team. Well, no one is alone. I mean, no one's an island in this business. I mean, yeah. you, you don't have the right people. Uh, you know, it just doesn't work. Well, we're going to bring on our next guest. Actually, you're going to help me bring on the next guest. But as you know, you've done the show before. You have a mystery question. And I've got four questions laid out. So pick a number, one through four. Uh, three. And your question is... Uh, well, I like this. It's actually a statement. And then we're going to uh, commit to solving a problem that's been bugging you for a while and give yourself a timeline. What's let's talk, we, let's stick specifically with the business. Okay. What's a challenge or problem that you feel that you're currently dealing with when it comes to your art? When it comes to the business? Uh, the business or your art? Yeah, I think for me, the art part, I think I have, I have, you know, the people that I need and, and I, I know how I, my work process. Um, I think the business is, um, for me, the problem is um, getting into clubs, getting into small venues where I can consistently uh, perform and do, do my craft, which is really what I want to do is to have a consistent place to to play you know and perform and and uh try out new music um and i i don't you know i've been thinking about that lately and i don't i i have to, i'd like to find a place you know I, I don't know where that is i know it's out there somewhere but um well everyone who's watching yeah. uh you saw maria here call your favorite venue and request her it's that simple yeah that's yeah. how it's done yeah. I just commit to making it happen. Yeah. So, Maria, you're going to bring on our next guest. So, okay. uh, pick a number, one through three. Uh, two. And, uh, well, uh, he, uh, our only gentleman uh, in the wings today, uh, you know, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that he just won a Mac Award. Uh, and he also uh, has a show uh, coming up on uh, Monday, May 1st, uh, Too Clever uh, by Halt. <laughs> I love this, and I love him, and that's John Forster. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. Hey, Richard. It's great to be here. Oh, Let me just say, it's Too Clever by 20% is the name <laughs> of, based on the old joke, Too Clever by Half. Yes. Um, now, do you know and Maria know each other? No, we no, don't. But it's I was so nice really... I was digging your stuff up at oh. the front. That's terrific. I, I want to hear more. Thank you. Well, uh, you have the chance uh, in Mount Pisco. Uh, so, John, how did it all begin for you? Oh, let's see. Sort of, there's the, it, you know, things begin in different phases. Music began for me because I was a choir boy. Um, 
I joined an Episcopalian choir with my brothers when I was seven years old. And it turns out that if you just sit there and look at music um, every, you know, three times a week, two rehearsals and a Sunday service, two years later, I found that I could not only read music, but also read music on the piano. It just kind of all sort of happened at once. And then I have bounced around all different styles. I'm stylistically restless. So the folk scare came along in the 60s and I was part of that. And the Beatles came along and I was part of that. And then I got bit by the theater bug in college. And, uh, and when I came to New York, I did theater, I did reviews, I did cabaret. And then I've done a lot of children's music. So how it started is being a choir boy, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a church for both of you. Yes. So maybe that's the, that's the secret right there. <laughs> yeah. How old were you, Maria, when you started doing that? Uh, well, you know, right. I, my first degree was in, um, was in theater. So that my undergraduate. So I, I did a little bit of theater right after college and then I switched careers. And then I was in my, I don't know, late forties when I started, you know, in the choir again at my church. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, I also spoke to Maria about collaboration and collaboration has also not been, you know, very important with the people that you uh, have aligned yourself with and who have aligned themselves with when it comes to you. Um, talk a little bit about what collaboration means uh, as far as your uh, career is concerned. Yeah, collaboration has been very important to me. And my career has been a combination of going it, of writing by myself and collaborating. You learn how to write songs by collaborating, I think. Um, you teach each other by having to defend what you do. Um, and you spark each other. And every collaborator is, to me, is a gift. There are some that have been really long-term collaborations, like Tom Chapin, you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. who's your neighbor and my neighbor up here in Rockland County. And Tom and I started working together. His brother, Steve, and he uh, had a contract to produce the Cabbage Patch Kids um, in the 80s, and they needed some songwriters on staff. And, and, uh, and I ended up working for them. But then Tom wanted to do a kids album uh, because he had this show, Make a Wish, and had a following. Nice. And he said, you want to do something on spec? I said, sure, why not? So we wrote six songs and took it out to A&M Records. And they said, yeah, sure. And that was the first of a dozen albums that we wrote and produced together. And, you know, I, I would not have four Grammy nominations if it weren't for collaborating with Tom Chapin, you know, and, and it took a, a while to sort of for the world to catch on. But, um, you know, long-term collaborations are a precious thing. You look at the great teams, you know, in theater and, and uh, the long-termness of them, I think is one of the great things. Well, yesterday I was speaking with Richard Malby Jr., you know, and, you know, uh, Malby and Shire, and sure. they have been working together, uh, he said, for some years. And uh, but he, I asked, you know, what was their secret? Because they have been collaborating for over 60 years. And he said that neither one of them have come to the table saying, I'm right. 
this is the way it has to be. Uh, that there's there's always that give and take. And I think that when someone comes to the table with this idea of it's my way or the highway, um, it's just not going to work. Never works. And and there's for me, uh, there's a golden rule in this is songwriting collaboration. There's different kinds of collaborations, obviously. But in songwriting, one person wants to try something and the other person really has to say, OK, let's try it because you've always got what you have at present. But what you're really looking for is the best way you, you want to choose from alternatives. That's one of the great lessons of Sondheim. The, the writing is is not just free associating writing is choosing from alternatives and that's how you get something that really stands the test yeah well john i see you're sitting at a piano i am yes would you play something for us sure i, I thought it'd be fun to do this is a song that i'm doing in uh too clever by 20 percent um and uh feel free to come on down i think we're pretty much sold out at this one though so call and you have a special guest star the special guest, uh, actually, in this last one, we had Julie Gold was our first guest star. And she, you know, I, any audience that I can help to expose to Julie Gold doing from a distance is a lucky audience. Wow. And But last week, Sidney Meyer was wow. our guest. And I love his, he's just so unique. You know, there's nobody on the planet there's like no one him. Like him. And he did a song of mine, and it's a song that I'll do this week, but he did it last week and killed it. So it's an advice song. Um, and, you know, it's like a know when to fold them, know when to hold them song, something like that. But I always say before I do an advice song, I say, remember, this advice is not coming from a licensed therapist. <laughs> it's coming from a songwriter. So let me just, okay. Can everybody hear? Oh, yes. Okay, good. The bold optimist is in it for the action, but the bold optimist might well wind up in traction. By contrast, the violet is constantly shrinking. It knows the power of negative thinking. The crop you never planted cannot be killed by frost. Nothing ventured, nothing lost. You cannot burn behind you a bridge you haven't crossed. Nothing ventured, nothing lost. You cannot be betrayed by friends you never made. A float cannot be runner-up that's not in the parade. And cookies never tasted are cookies never tossed. Nothing ventured, nothing lost. Those voices in your head, the ones you always fight, that tell you you're a loser who'll never get it right. They tell you you aren't, and you can't, and you won't. Maybe those voices know something you don't. So let this be your motto upon your soul embossed. Nothing ventured, nothing. 
grateful for the small things like teeth you haven't lost. Nothing dentured, nothing flossed. The failure to attempt from failure is exempt. No heart was ever broken by a dream it never dreamt. So never mind the upside, just focus on the cost. Nothing ventured, nothing. I was going to go for the high note, but on second thought, why risk it? that's brilliant so All the john in the show is is comedy material except a little bit um yeah well uh i that's brilliant thank you so much for sharing that with us uh, now, I, uh as i did with maria i've got three mystery questions laid out pick a number one through three one and your question is, um, well, it's actually a statement. Um, and just go with this. And I can't wait to hear your take on this. The statement is, as I take on new challenges, I feel calm, confident, and powerful. My question is, in this business, when you take on new challenges, do you go in with that attitude? Or is it a completely different experience for you? I remember the days when I felt panic in taking on a new thing. And um, and the hardest part of it was not being able to quite admit to myself that it's okay to be completely flummoxed by it. Now, if I am faced with a new thing that I don't know how to do, I actually relish that because with time... I've learned how to stay calm and to say, I can figure this out. And and not only that, I have so many friends that I can go to now who do know how to do it. Um, so I would say that new challenges, I, I welcome them now, but I, it's taken a long time to figure out how to welcome them. You know, and for that, I'm grateful. I think that's one of the good things about not being as young as you were before, um, you know, that perspective. Well, uh, uh, Lerner and Lowe said it best. I, I'm glad I'm not young anymore. I agree with you on that issue. Yeah. Uh, as we get older and w hopefully wiser, we take that on. So bring on our next guest, one or two, behind door number one or door number two. Uh, let's do door number one. And uh, before I bring her on, uh, also a brilliant singer. Uh, she's been on the show before. Uh, and I'm going to um, play uh, a clip of one of her uh, recordings and uh, we'll see her on the other side. Uh, here's, uh, well, we'll see who it is. This winter, as you set aside your fears, tis the season to look beyond the years, resolutions that will guide you each day as the snow drops. 
drifts away This winter Gather round the Christmas tree Make a promise Of faith and honesty Everlasting With a passion For life As the moon Sheds its light Expectations Revelations Count them One by one Hearts are beating Time is fleeting Again And winter's Just begun What an absolutely beautiful song. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So how did that song come about? Well, it's an interesting story. Welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much. Hi, Maria and John. It's nice to be with all of you. So um, we were performing a monthly showcase at a club called Katarina's in Chicago, which I miss very much. Um, and the owner, Katarina, asked me to be part of a songwriter's night. And she said, but the rule is you have to write an original song. Wow. So that's when I wrote This Winter. And years later, I recorded it. So it was, it was very, um, it, I hadn't watched that video in a, quite some time. It kind of touched me all over again. I can imagine. Well, it's touching yeah. for those of us, you know, who are seeing it as well. Uh, was, what was the inspiration? I mean, where did that come from? You know, that's interesting. And I, I'm sure, um, John, with your songwriting uh, career, and you can certainly understand that sometimes you 
You don't know where it came from. Sometimes I, I seem to work best when I'm like on a deadline or like I have to do something like for this showcase, I had to come up with something. So I really can't tell you where it came from. <laughs> well, that goes back to the question that I just asked John and his mystery question was about new challenges. When that was a challenge, obviously, that was presented to you and you obviously took it. And uh, uh, my guess is that you got the job. <laughs> so uh, so uh, when the new challenge comes to you in this business, and there have been many challenges. I mean, we all just went through a pandemic. That was a big challenge that we all faced together. Um, how do these, uh, how do you uh, face challenges? And mm. as the aging process for all of us uh, have taken over, how has that changed in your life? You know, it's funny you talk about the aging process because that is something that is, I guess, sort of new. Um, since I'm 68 this year, I'll be 69. I just watched, um, CBS Sunday morning and Ricky Lee Jones has a new recording coming out and she's 68 and she decided that she went back to do, uh, the great American songbook, which is wonderful to have an artist of such stature go back and bring out the songbook again. Like, like I think a lot of artists are doing these days. For me, I recorded a lot of standards on many of my records years ago. And my last four albums, including my new record, Accidental Melody, is my fourth album of all original music. So for me, the challenge was to find my voice um, through writing original music. Um, so that sort of rings true for me. Um, and basically in my life, I sort of always have just gone with the, the concept of go with the flow, not to make light of it, but it really helps. I do yoga. I try to stay calm. I go with the flow. My husband is a very, very grounded person and he helps me a lot. Sparrow. Is he and in the business with, as well? Yes. We, we own our recording studio okay. and our record label together, Southport Records. That's handy. That's yeah, it is. That's really great. Uh, sometimes I think it's handy and sometimes I think it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I, uh, you know, our, our uh, last guest has been waiting so patiently in the wings. I want to get her out here as quickly as possible. But I'm going to let you pick your mystery question. It's one or two. Oh, for me? Yes. Well, I'll take two. And your question is? Uh, it says, choose a new skill that you'd like to master and investigate your options for learning it. That's a good one. So is there something that you've always thought in the back of your mind, I want to do that, that you've never done? Well, I'm I'm very proficient in language pronunciation from studying voice. Um, and I dabble in different languages. I'd really like to finally master Spanish and Espanol. Oh, good. Good for yeah. you. That's well, a challenge. Uh, that, well, uh, you know, good luck with everything. Our 
next guest, who's been waiting so patiently, we actually started the show with her. Uh, because if I could talk to the animals, this recording, which I think is sublime, uh, is just Goldie DeVere. Uh, I love, love, love her. I love this artwork. I love that her show is Bridges. And I think that this artwork sums it up. We talk about the aging process and she's celebrating it in her new show. Uh, and here she is, Goldie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. So much fun to be here. I love doing these things with you. You are a hoot and a half. Well, thank you. And thank you for kicking off our show today. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was so funny when I received this, you know, when I sent you an email this morning and I, you know, and I'm like, uh, you know, because I, I, and then I was thinking, how am I going to fit the, and then I thought, I know what, how I want to do this. I thought it was the perfect kickoff for the show today. So how are you how are you doing and how's the show coming along I'm well thank you and I've been enjoying listening to the whole show because so much of what everyone is saying pertains to myself as well and I think to everyone in the arts um, the show is going wonderfully. We're in rehearsal. We launch our opening June 7th. We do three shows in June. And um, you talk about the team and collaboration. I am working with um, my wonderful team. Um, you know James Beeman uh, for years. Uh, Jamie, I think, was the first person who introduced you to me or in, me to you. Um, we've known thirty some years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my first time around in cabaret, my first um, career in cabaret, and that arrangement of talk to the animals was actually done by David Mayako when David and Jamie and I did um, the Leslie Brickus review, Crazy World. Wow. So that was done for that, and that has always been one of my favorite favorite arrangements. And then um, um, Michael Roberts, who is my musical director, whom I'm working with now, he did the orchestration and additional arrangements for David's arrangement. So that's what became that recording in the studio, which I am doing down at PPI recording with Chip Fabrizzi. And this is um, part, this is a cut from the new CD, um, called Sweet Beginning. And yes, that song is on the album, but we took that title because at 68, hello, fellow jo Joni. And I get, I'm happy to hear I'm in, in company with Ricky Lee Jones as well. Yeah. And my husband is turning 69 tomorrow. Well, so. you see. So, <laughs> yay. Yes, it's the great generation. Yeah. yeah. But it's 68, after a whole career of singing and a lifetime of singing, this is my first CD that I'm doing. Oh. So it's another oh. sweet beginning. Um, and then the show, Bridges, is basically, it deals with the fact that all of us were sort of young teenagers first starting to come of age in the late 60s, early 70s, when all of these things are going on in the world, social unrest, um, racial injustice, political craziness. You know, we had Nixon going nuts and we had the war in Vietnam and we fought and won. Well, I didn't fight, but my elders fought and won for Roe v. Wade. And 
here we are 50 years later. But, you know, everything that you just said, it's like history is repeating itself. Yes, yes. We're going through it all again. And in some respects, we've taken steps backwards. So it's it. this has to do with, you know, perspective back then as, as a young, innocent child looking at all these things. And now as a woman, a mature woman who has lived a life, um, I was in my who I am now was informed by that young teenager, but I have a way different perspective on what is going on in the world today. And it's sort of bridging those two perspectives. We use a lot of music from the sixties and seventies, but um, some music from today as well. I'm Tanya Moberly will be my special guest. We love. And, oh, I adore her. And what was interesting was, you know, Jamie and I, you talk about collaboration. And you talk about, John, you said something about not negating anything, being open to all suggestions. I, a very important lesson for me was to learn never to say no. If somebody comes up with an idea in rehearsal and it might not hit me at first, I used to say, oh, I don't. now I say, okay, let's try it. Because you'll know soon enough if it's not working or if it's working. But if you close yourself off to it, you never allow yourself for possibilities. And if it doesn't work, it often leads to something that does. Yes. Uh, yes. I have to ask you, have you any of you seen the uh, CNN documentary on Dionne Warwick? No. Oh, I have. Brilliant. It's brilliant. And it's she's wonderful. talking about, you know, every hit song that she had when they came to her, and offered it to her, no matter who it was, her first response was no. And she, you know, one of the funniest moments is when uh, they came to her and said, would you do, do you know the way to San Jose? And she goes, do you know the way to San Jose? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> she said, no, I'm not gonna sing this. Biggest hit of her career. Yeah, yeah, she and, she didn't want to do uh, Alfie either. Alfie. Can you imagine if she hadn't? Right. And all of these songs. And and she said, so if you want a hit song, bring it to me. And if I don't like it, it's going to be a hit. <laughs> and the truth is, you don't know if it's going to work or not work until you try it. You right. Know, only you, know what I, you know what I found? I found that um, uh, this is just because of experience that if I'm vehemently against something, my next thought is, oh, I guess eventually I'm going to do this. You know, it's just it's just a very strong reaction. And I find that whenever I do that, I eventually succumb and uh, remove my resistance and I end up doing it and I'm happy. It's just an interesting process for me. Well, don't they always say if something scares you, that means you need to do it? Mm. Yeah. And I know in comedy writing, if something feels not okay, that's the waters you should be fishing in. You know, that's yeah. that's the rich stuff. Interesting, and Richard. Yeah. Please let me please let me just say one thing that um, Joni, I haven't seen you perform. I loved that that record. That that song was beautiful. But I have seen Maria and I have seen John. Maria is so lovely and was such a lovely, wonderful singer. And John, I saw your first show with Julie Gold. You were just, you had me peeing in my pants. And you were just. Don't you're, be afraid. Just one. Uh, uh, John, put that please on your next postcard. <laughs> yes. Can well, I get a testimonial? Julie was wonderful. <laughs> uh, Julie was wonderful. 
Um, I love the the little bit of chat that you guys had up front. Very real and lovely and fun. And hearing her sing her song. This is the first time I've heard her sing that song in person. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, it was my favorite version of it now. I mean, she was just fabulous. So yeah. uh, definite endorsements for these shows. I mean, wonderful. And I look forward to seeing you stretch out in performance, Joni. Thank you so much. I think we're all wonderful. Don't you agree? <laughs> we are. We're all well, Katie, we're all, in, have, we're uh, all in good. We're all in good company. Yes. Katie, I want to ask you. I mean, you left the business for a while. Yes. And you came back, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you, it's up to you to tell why if you want to. But uh, I have no problem with that. It's not a secret. Um, I got breast cancer in two thousand, mm-hmm. the end of two thousand six left the earth for like nine months for treatment, um, heavy duty, but I'm here to bitch about it. So I'm good. good. Um, And the next 10 years, um, my husband dealt with some major health issues as well. Um, So I just sort of say life had other plans for, for us for about 10 years. Then my husband passed away at the end of 2018. Um, We were together 41 years. So that was quite another shift in life. And uh, Jamie, Jamie Beeman, who has been a dear friend and collaborated with me for 25 years, um, he was the one who encouraged me to come back to singing. And it was the best thing I ever did because I just reconnected with my soul. We did a show in 2019 um, called Back in Mama's Arms because although I performed in most of the clubs in in New York City and around... uh, around the country um mama's was always my cabaret home and uh, don't tell mama for those who don't, don't tell mama yes i'm sorry and um when i decided to come back the only two things i knew were that i wanted to do it at mama's and i wanted to call the show back in mama's arms and then jamie and i started talking and dis- discussing what was going on in my life and how we would connect with that. And that's sort of how we always begin our shows. What am I feeling I need to say at that point in my life? But for me, it has always been a case of making, it has to be something very personal, but yet something that's universal that because it's not just, Oh, here, watch me up on stage. It's, Let's share this experience with, you know, with my audience. It's always let's let's go on this journey together. And um, so that's the, that's how that show started. And then at the time I was collaborating with with Bill Zephyro as my musical director. And he was wonderful. And the three of us collaborated, put that show together. Then pandemic hit. And um, I didn't do much during pandemic in in ways you know, by as far as career, I just sort of zoned out during pandemic. But the thing that brought me back was going into the studio with Chip Fabrizi to start recording. Whole new experience. I've gotten what I like to say is a a master's in recording and producing. Um, Chip has been amazing in, in teaching me how to produce and understand what the studio is about very different than live performing. And I have come to love working in the studio. At this point, I feel I know 
just enough to know what I don't know. Um, but I'm very proud of the CD that we're putting out. We are literally finishing up the mastering as we speak, and this will be out in May. And that cut that you played, thank you so much for playing that and opening your show with that. Yeah. Um, that's a cut from- flowers, you know. Richard, uh, yes. Richard, could I just plug that I have an album that I just I just did some overdubs at Chip Fabrizi's as well, and it's coming out June 1st. Um, Wait, I, I just want to let you all know that uh, with any of this information, get it to me and I will spread the word. Um, all, all of your links that I've asked for will be on my YouTube channel. Uh, so that everything will be there for everyone to be able to connect with all of these artists, everyone watching. And this will be out there in perpetuity, uh, God willing, for as long as YouTube is up. And uh, my pod uh, this is all on podcast. So all of this information will still be out there. So everyone, please uh, follow up on this. I'm going to ask you a mystery question. And then I'm going to show something that I found this morning online that I want to share with all of you about artistry that I really like. Um, Goldie. Yes. Uh, I love this one. This is the last question and it's left just for you. There's a reason. What's something that you will never, ever, ever do again in this business and why? Huh. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> Be because I've already sort of spoken the thing that I've learned to never, ever again do is to never say no. Um that used to be something I would have a knee-jerk reaction <laughs> because if it wasn't sort of what I, what my concept was, it was like, mm. but I've learned to always say yes, or at the very least, well, let's try it and see. Um, I, I really believe in the possibilities of life and leaving yourself open to possibility. So I will never say no again. Um, and I will never watch myself on stage. <laughs> well, there are many people who say that. I found this this morning and I love this. Um, and I'm going to share this with everyone. And it says what successful artists have in common. I'll read this. Uh, the electronic musician Median has observed that successful artists usually have three things in common. A, play, uh, a piece of the zeitgeist. Uh, what excites you about the present moment? I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, tap into the environment. What's going on? What's popular? And what everyone's uh, buddies talking about. A piece of the timeless. Something that's always been good. Something you can look back and learn from that will never go out of style. And a piece of the personal. Make it intimate, unique to you and your story. Something that speaks to you, to your unique passions and your personality. Combine all three ingredients and you have the recipe for great art. Isn't that great? Yes. Wow. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I saw that this morning and I said, wow. That, you know, it... it it just because I am just starting to emerge to get back on stage again uh, after, uh, you know, the pandemic set me aside. Um, this it served its purpose for me, uh, but I really uh, I just recently performed in Washington and uh, it was like, this is where I belong. This is, you know, being on stage again. Uh, but I wanted to share something. Last night, uh, I was in Connecticut. I went to see Debbie Wildman. If you don't know who Debbie Wildman is, everyone Google her, 
look her up. She uh, she's, uh, was a London sensation. During the pandemic, she started spinning out videos of her performing as Judy Garland. And Scott Stander, very smart uh, publicist uh, and promoter, uh, saw her, took her up, put her together. She's going to be performing in Peoria next week with a 69-piece symphony orchestra. Last night, she had this phenomenal band performing as Judy Garland in concert. Um, I saw Judy Garland in concert last night. I saw her last summer in Provincetown. She is truly one of the most incredible entertainers that I have ever, ever seen on stage. Uh, ova standing ovation after standing ovation after standing ovation. I have never, I mean, it's just like, you all remember when you see like Judy Garland or uh, Barbara Streisand or Patti LuPone or whoever that artist is that you see for the first time and what that does for you when you're sitting in the audience. Um, as an artist, I love being on stage, but I also love the experience of being in the audience, um, of seeing other artists on stage. And as we wrap up today, I wanna to say something that Carol Channing used to say. And she said, for an artist to succeed, for a show to succeed, you need people from all walks of life. You need doctors and lawyers and housewives and people from all different experiences uh, sitting in the audience, sharing the same experience. Mm -hmm. I remember calling her up one time and I had performed at a country club and uh, it was a miserable experience. I hated <laughs> And I called her and I said, Carol, I, I just had the worst experience last night. Uh, I, I, I performed at this country club and it, 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 the audience just didn't seem to be there with me. And she said, and I'll never forget this. She said, Richard, don't you know they were not there to see you? They were there to see each other. And, you know, and so you know, and I see, you know, artists, you know, going. So I want to ask each of you before we wrap up and then I'm going to give each of you, I'm going to give my final word and then I'm going to give each of you a chance to have your final word today. Um, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But Maria, I want to ask you a moment that you were in the theater and an artist just absolutely blew you away and it stayed with you your entire life. Oh, wow. And I mean, so many, but one specific moment and one, why. Okay. Um, um, I would have to say it was way back. This is coming into my head, so it must be true because there's been so many times. But um, I think it, it was in the Village Vanguard when I went to hear Keith Jarrett perform on piano. This was years ago. And it was so mesmerizing to see how connected he was to the music, to, to the piano, and um, how he was one with, with it all. And that experience was like a spiritual, actually it was like a spiritual experience for me. It was just, it was just incredible. I'll never forget it. Wow. I'm actually seeing it as I'm speaking. That's amazing. John, same question. 
Oh, there, you know what? There have been so many of them. Maria made me think of the time when I was young when I went to see Bill Evans wow. at Lenny's on the Turnpike in Boston. And we worshipped at his shrine. Or the time at Quincy Jones had a big band um, that was just amazing. What everybody thinks of him as Michael Jackson's person. But before that, he was one of the great big band arrangers. So those are two examples. But, you know, it, it just happens for me so much. Um, no, I how lucky we are, those of us who live in cities where we can go. Because so many people don't have that around the country. They don't. I mean, I'm from a small town in South Carolina. We didn't have that growing up. And how lucky we are in New York. Joni, I think you're in Chicago. Yes. Yes. How lucky we are that we have this. Uh, so, Joni, uh, an experience for you. Well, as people were talking, uh, Maria and John, I, I went back to my college years in Cincinnati and I was blown away when I went to a Joni Mitchell concert, who, you know, remains one of my inspirations as a songwriter. And she walked out on stage in complete blackness complete darkness the spotlight went on her very white skin and she had on this black outfit with red rose embroidery all going all the way down her sleeve when the spotlight hit her and you could hear the whole audience gasp wow it was unforgettable and she was wonderful she played piano she played guitar and um, that stayed with me forever wow yeah goldie same question well, um, for me, it was as a kid in the 60s, and I grew up with this woman as one of my singing idols, and I went to see Judy Garland live at the music fair, Valley Forge Music Fair, which was owned by the same people that owned the one out in West Westbury. And in the round, my mother and my cousin Brenda took me. They were the ones who always took me around singing. I was already singing professionally as a kid. And we went to see Judy Garland. She was towards the end of her career. Um, so she went for the high notes and you weren't quite sure she would get them, but she did. And she had Lorna traveling with her and performing. And um, um, what was her son's name? Uh, Joey. Um, Joey. Joey played drums. So it, it was just it blew me away. She was still the amazing Judy Garland. And to see her live where I could reach out and almost touch her. Mm -hmm. And um, mm. that has stayed with me my entire life. I will never forget that experience, that electricity. And she, she was just amazing. So that for me has always been something. And obviously from being a kid till now, it stayed with wow. me. Yeah. We've all gone to experiences when we were very young. Yeah. Those are so important. Well, John, you uh, mentioned Sidney Meyer earlier. If you've never heard Sidney talk about his experience of seeing Judy Garland, um, you know, because, he, I mean, you can feel Judy coming through him when he talks about his experience as a young boy seeing Judy Garland perform live and how that transformed his life. I mean, we've all had those moments uh, where uh, we see an artist and that moment 
we decide that that's the path for all of us. So I want to thank everybody for being here. I want to thank all of you for being here. Um, as I mentioned, I'm going to give each of you a chance to have your final word. It could be about anything that we spoke about today that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had. This is your chance. Uh, or just any final message you want to live, uh, leave each uh, one with. Um, I will pick someone. And then when you finish, you will pick the next person and so on and so on. And the last person standing when you say goodbye, the final credits will roll so you don't have to worry about, how do I get out of here? How do I end this? <laughs> I will take care of that. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here today. Uh, everybody who took the time to be here, whether you're watching live or later, uh, if you are not a subscriber, uh, please subscribe. Um, Goldie, I know you and I, uh, we owe each other a phone conversation. I'm yeah. around if you want to stick around after the show. Give me a call right afterwards uh, or... Uh, call me later this afternoon. Uh, but everyone, um, go out and see a live show. You never know if it's going to be the one that's going to stay with you the rest of your life. Uh, it's not going to happen if you're sitting on your sofa at home. <laughs> I saw an interview once with William Shatner. And they said, you know, and at the time mm -hmm. of this interview, he was 80 and they said, um, and at the time he was doing the Priceline.com uh, commercials, he was doing a one-man show on Broadway. Um, he had a bestseller book. He was at the top of his game. And Larry King was interviewing him. And Larry King said, what do you attribute to your success? He said, I get out of the house. Said, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, he said, everything that you want in life now you can get with an app on the phone. And he said, I do mean everything. Sex, <laughs> you can get uh, food, anything you want brought to your front door, you can order. But he said, there's nothing like getting out and making eye contact with other people. And the experience of being in an audience and sitting next to someone, and don't go into a theater and just pick up your playbill and take a selfie of holding, have a conversation with the people you're sitting next to. Find out where they're from, find out how they found out about the show, let them know who you are, especially if you're in the business, and use it as a networking opportunity. Just go out and see a live show. As all of you know, I always end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Everybody, and I say this to everyone on the show today and everybody watching the show, please, please, please pick up the phone and call someone today that you haven't spoken to in a long time. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, a phone call, and let that person know how they've made an impact on your life. It's not just those that we see on stage that make a difference. It's the people that we know in our own lives. And it's important that we make them the stars in our lives as well. Um, I have a dear friend, Sean Moniger. Maria, you know him very well. I know and Sean always used to say, we're all in the same boat, but we're in different us, uh, we're in uh, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different sized boats. And I always say we're all in the same storm, but we're in different sized boats. Some are in canoes, some are in yachts, some are in rowboats. I don't care what size boat you're on. 
as long as you have a skipper by your side. (laughs) I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to turn it over to you, Joni. And when you finish, you'll pick the next person. Thank you. I am blessed to have all of you in my life. And thank you all for the music that you bring into my life. Thank Thank you. you. And everyone, have an incredible May. It's all up to you. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank Thank you. Okay, I'm first. I'd like to thank Richard Skipper for giving all of us this opportunity to be on his his coffee clutch this morning. And it's funny, I was thinking about the coffee clutch because uh, when I think about my mom who passed away several years ago, she lived to be 97, by the way. She's one of the people in, in my video of this winter, my song. Um, she always had the coffee clutch and she'd say, how about some coffee? <laughs> and her, her uh, friends just loved her so much. They would, they would just, they couldn't wait to be in her kitchen having coffee with her. And uh, she was always so supportive of me and my career um, when I moved to Chicago from my hometown of Xenia, Ohio. She wanted me to go and spread my wings and do what was important to me. And uh, that really uh, gave me a lot of confidence. Um, it gave me a lot of purpose. And I think that what Richard was talking about, reaching out as a human to other people in real life is so important. I think we all need to have more coffee clutches and hook up with our friends. Um, And then on the other side, being a performer and an artist, it's important to develop your your community of friends and fans that will support you and um, help you and come to your gigs and uh, listen to your recordings. My next performance, I'll be uh, give a little promo is uh, June 11th at the Green Mill in Chicago, the legendary Green Mill Jazz Club. It's on June 11th. And it's going to be my CD release party for my new record, Accidental Melody, which is going to be released on May 14th on Southport Records. I think, John, we have the same release date in May, maybe not the same exact date. But um, so I'm really looking forward to presenting my new batch of original songs to the world. And there's nothing like it just to be an artist and to be able to perform and record and and compose so i'm i'm happy Great. uh next person john you want to take it from there sure that was lovely joni and i look forward to hearing your album i i loved winter um and uh actually i love your singing too i think i i hadn't seen richard in a couple decades we're neighbors up here in uh, rockland and we were doing a benefit together around the turn of the century, I think, and, uh, and became Facebook friends from that. And I f- find now that he is, he's a real humanist and he sets a great tone on his show. I, I love that and I, I love being a part of it today. Um, I want to say a credit or two that I left out in describing Too Clever by 20%. Our director is Jeff Harner and he had a tremendous, um, uh, influence on the shape of the show. It was terrific. And it's produced by Hillary Rollins 
and we have one more show on May 1st. Then uh, Sydney Meyer called about extending it, and we'll see if we extend it a bit. Um, I just wanted to close um, by um, answering Richard's question about uh, what is one thing in show business, business that you would never do again. And I think if I had it to do over again, if I were opening for Arlo Guthrie, I would not do Alice's Restaurant. In my <laughs> Uh, so Maria, would you like to go yeah. next? Bye bye, everybody. Bye-bye. So bye. So thank you. And I just want to thank Richard and Goldie and John and Joni. It was such a pleasure to meet uh those that I don't know and to really listen to your unique expression of of uh your creative process and um and your voice, your unique voice. Um which is really what it's all about, isn't it? That we all have a place in which um, lies deep within ourselves. And I think that's really spirit because I think all of this, uh, all of this creation is a spirit speaking through us. Um, and, and it's not religion in the dogmatic sense, but the, um, the thing in us that connects us to the best of who we are and to the best of who everyone else is out there, which is the people are the people that actually are the receivers of what we create. And we each have a unique and intimate expression that is only ours to do. And um, I just encourage all of us to continue doing that. Um, and for those out there who are thinking about, um, about what that means to them to find that place in which you can, um, Whatever that means, it could be it could be painting, it could be dance, it could be learning an instrument, it could be singing, it could be songwriting, it could be whatever it is, because that I believe is truly what keeps us grounded and yet elevated. Um, so I'm grateful for that, and um, uh, and for me, you know, just yesterday I heard Jeff Goldblum who's being interviewed, and they asked him, so so Jeff, what 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 would you like people to take away from this new record? And he said, I would like people to, uh, who haven't been um, really exposed to jazz, maybe to give a listen and see if they feel connected in some way. I'd like to touch people's lives who have not been touched by, by this incredible American um, uh, music's music, which actually is so important to uh, recognize. And um, so that's, sort of where I'm at with, with, with my unique expression and where I've decided to, to travel through my lane with. So with that, um, happy day, happy end of the month, and happy April and moving into summer, my favorite time of year. So Goldie, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Maria. And uh, thank you, Richard, for letting me join you on such a fun morning. Morning. Wow. Um, this, the question for me, I'm glad that you expanded it to be not just about the business, but about life as well, because what I, what I've been thinking about a lot lately in life and as always happens with our art, this has what has informed the 
cultivation and the uh, shape of the new show that we're doing, Bridges. Um, when Jamie and Michael, Michael Roberts, my musical director, when we get together, we usually start off by having discussions about life and the world and what is going on today in the world. And I feel like we're living through very precarious, scary times right now. And one of the major things that is lacking in our world today is communication. Whatever happened to people being able to have a conversation, being able to disagree and still listen to other people's points of view. So my hope for the world is that people will learn to listen to each other again, communicate, talk, discuss, disagree, argue, but find common ground, not just be in one camp or the other and either my way or the highway, which maybe again goes back to that thing of never saying no. So it, it all wraps up in, in, for me into one big ball of consciousness. And that would be my parting thoughts and my hope for the world, our country, all of us personally and together. Um, let's just, you know, and Richard, this goes back to what you say, call somebody up, talk to them, ask them how they are, get a personal connection. So that's my hope. Let's talk to each other again, talk with each other again and communicate and share, share, share the love, share whatever. Um, and that's it. Everybody have a great day. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the rest of the month and look forward to seeing you in June. All right. Thank you, Richard. Bye-bye.